0: Don't you give up, don't you
1: let away Don't you give up, don't you
0: dare give in.
1: Yes, it's definitely, up. definitely most precarious out there and getting more so every minute. But don't you dare give up and don't you dare give in. Take it from Blues Traveler. And Jack and Deborah and Robert Kassar. I'm very excited about our guest today. How are you, Deborah? Fantastic. Okay, we at the Women's Rights in the Workplace show on the Progressive Radio Network are going to be speaking with um, an eminent labor activist today, Mr. Robert Kassar. Um, and we're very excited about that. The show is a little bit on unions, the dying labor. Movement, which used to be called, well, used to be called the labor movement, and it used to be that we in this country had, most of us, one in th- out of three of us, were part of mm-hmm. a collective democratic group known as a union that had bargaining power and allowed us to build the middle class in this country and have a living wage. And it was the pushback; it was the countervailing force against the otherwise unregulated greed and tyranny of management of corporations of capital right, of those with the bucks. That's really what America was in its greatest time, right? It got built through in fact I have a quote here from um, well, as by the was Abraham Lincoln said, All that harms labor is treason to America. And one of my favorite lawyer of all time, Clarence Darrow said, with all their faults, trade unions have done more for humanity than any other organization of men that ever existed. They have done more for decency, for honesty, for education, for the betterment of the race, for the developing of character in men than any other association of men. I mean, big words, but I, I'm a huge, huge believer and fan, having been a member of a union as a labor and employment lawyer, and again, just living in this world and seeing what's happened in, since. Corporate profits have gone up and labor union membership has gone down, and what's gone happened to this country. So, we have here with us today Mr. Robert Kassar, known to some of his friends and members as Bob Cesar, but his actual pronouncing his name correctly, and today we're going to start pronouncing it correctly, is Robert Kassar, and maybe he'll explain how that permanent mispronunciation, is an interesting story, came to pass. Um, but, you know, before I just want to talk about, and Robert is the president. Of the,
2: longest standing. The
1: longest serving, longest standing, longest serving president yes. of the uh, Traffic Enforcement Agents, which is a part of its Local 1182 of the Communication Workers of America, CWA Local 1182. And he's the president of a union with how many
0: members, Robert? Mm, about 3,000.
1: About 3,000 members. And these are those intrepid souls. And perhaps we're not normally that sort of fond of Thinking about our experiences with the TEAs when we're in New York City or any other big municipality, they're the ones who leave those little summonses on our on our windshields, right when we're parked illegally. Mm-hmm. And a, sure. and a, and in New York, I don't think it's not one of those like 10 or $15 ones you get out in the burbs. These are like real chunky tickets.
2: These are serious These tickets.
1: These are like the $160 <laughs> tickets that become 250 if you don't pay them. <laughs> but I just before we uh, chat with Robert about all the good that he does for his membership and about, and, and quick, um, uh, full disclosure, our firm is counsel to this union. I don't personally have much to do with it, but our firm does uh, represent the union itself in all its doings. Um, Having said that, I just want to talk a little bit, before we uh, jump into this, a little bit about, again, unions. You know, the first Labor Day, the first Labor Day that we celebrated in this country was in 1882. And what it was was a celebration of the many ways that working people at the time, the working man, and trade and labor unions contributed and contribute still to our nation. More than 130 years later... Millions of us still enjoy Labor Day, the Labor Day holiday, but too few of us, I think, appreciate that without unions, people wouldn't be sitting around their barbecues chilling on the first Monday in September, right? Right?
2: Exactly. And as Obama said, uh, and I should have probably pulled up the quote, but I think it was this past Labor Day, he acknowledged that... Were it not for labor unions, we would not have weekends, exactly. paid vacations, yeah. or holidays. Exactly. I took your line away from you. I'm sorry. You
1: took my sorry. line away from me. The, <laughs> fight, well, no, but that's great because that was right in sync. That was my next line. Okay, sorry. The five-day work week. No, I don't apologize. It's yeah. better in your timbre. The five-day work week, paid overtime, retirement, pensions, workers' comp, minimum wage laws, for yeah. God's sake, that the Republicans would not do away with, not that it's a living wage at the moment but all of this is courtesy of unions um, so and in addition collective to collective bargaining collective bargaining democracy in action power, in the workplace exactly speaking truth, truth to, to power. power that's right amen don't quit hello <laughs> in addition to workplace protections the labor groups also played an important role in the fight for civil rights for equal pay for women such as it is for public education for our kids in short the american middle class was brought to you by labor unions. And I just wanted to point out, because I found it today in preparing for this show, and it's a new study and a new. Um study from the International Trade Union Confederation. Corporate America has all but destroyed workers' rights in our country. The study looked at things like workers' ability to strike or protest, to engage in collective bargaining, and just their general, their basic civil rights. A 97-point evaluation of labor-related criteria by the ITUC found that the U.S. ranks, where do you think we rank? Well, I'll tell you.
2: I was going
1: to say last. As well, almost dead last, as bad as Pakistan, Indonesia, and Thailand when it comes to workers' rights. And the only countries that are ranked worse than the U.S. in the study um, are, are countries that are experiencing, quote, open, violent conflict. Right. And, and this really shouldn't be a surprise to us. And Maybe we'll be next with open, violent conflict, but we don't need it. We're almost we're behind countries that we consider, you know, third world. Right. Over the last... Over well, the
2: worst in all industrialized well, exactly. nations. Exactly. With most exactly. things
1: related to workers' rights and certainly women's rights, and as we've discussed many times on the show, what the dead last, except maybe third last in terms of maternity leave rights, paid maternity leave, etc. Over the last three years alone, more than a dozen corporate-friendly Republican-controlled states... Have put limits on collective bargaining for public employees, and 19 other states have pushed for right to work for less laws. You know those laws they call right to work laws? They're actually, of course right-to-work-for-less laws
2: exactly um,
1: that destroy private unions. The latest assault on unions in the middle class coming just two months ago, by the way, two months ago, and you're probably aware of this in July of this summer, the Supreme Court of the United States, no friend to the working person, in another 5-4 decision with the five male wackadoodle crazies deciding that unions, gutting unions again, public sector unions, such as Robert's union here, that if certain members choose not to participate, that's fine. That's fine with the highest court in the land, thereby setting up the situation where the unions will lose all its bargaining power, which is what the extreme right wing in this country is seeking to do, bring us back to the 19th century, no minimum wage, no worker safety protections, etc. So I just, you know, the, we are at the bottom of the barrel, and we weren't always that way. For nearly a century, it was unions and strong workers' rights that made us proud to call America our home. And, and, you know, it bears repeating, so I'm going to repeat it. Okay. That thanks to unions, it's thanks to unions that America had a strong and robust middle class, right? Exactly. Uh, and over the last three decades, it's so corporate America and the wealthy elite have been waging an all-out war on workers. Uh, and, and the very unions that helped build this country. So you, you remember, and we're old enough here to remember, you remember Robert, you know, Made in America, you know, buy American, shop for the... What was that song? Shop for the union label and the ig, ladies' look garment work. Look, look for, for the, the union, union label. label. A nice ditty that we all, all used to take... Of course you should buy American. Now you cannot buy American for reasons...
2: Well, that's we, the globalization and, exactly. you know, there's some other challenges to that, but... Well,
1: but again, it's our choice, the globalization and the free trade. Well, that's because we've
2: become more of a service economy rather than a manufacturing.
1: But where have all those manufacturing jobs gone where have they, they've gone overseas to be pay, pay someone twenty two cents an hour, and only the capital management makes yes, out right. okay so uh, you know the the and listen I, the the decline of'll just last thing and we'm going going to jump in with Robert what sort of bothers me most about this is the decline of union power is meant by definition it's a zero sum game the rise of corporate ownership and management power, the privileged few, the top 0.1%, the top 1% sitting on top of our economy are now better off compared to the rest of society than at any time in the last 80 years at least. You have to go back to the 1920s to find comparable economic inequality. You remember the roaring 20s when all Mm -hmm. that hot money that was a bubble and, of course, it gave rise, catalyzed, and gave rise to what? The, the Great Depression. Depression. And some are, some are even saying that it goes back, you'd have to go back before that to the 19th century, to the so-called Gilded Age of robber barons, uh, to find as much corruption and imbalance and craziness as there is today. Unions built the middle class, and the decline of m- unions mean the decline of, for most of us, for the decline we're, to put our kids through college, to have disposable income. I'll just say this, you know, and you may, and I'm sure you want this, and your membership is still perhaps able to do this, the idea that back in the day, you could have a blue-collar job. I remember my next-door neighbor back in Briarwood, Queens, his dad worked in a, uh, I think they called it a tool and die shop. I always thought he was a factory worker. But for 40 years, every a car every two years, family vacations, he put two kids, he put my friend Eric and his sister through college, and it was with a stay-at-home, you know, wife and a pension, working a job that maybe you could do that still in the few remaining public unions that we have. But you certainly can't, with 7% remaining in private union membership in this country, 7% of us mm-hmm. used to be close to 35%. You don't have any power. So, again, the Koch brothers aren't going to pay you what your union will demand in terms of pay and benefits, which we which we deserve. And, of course, the economy rises because of the spending power. I think you said recently, Deborah. I saw it in one of your infographics, that it was... Henry Ford, who was at least prescient and a bright enough man to realize that, you got to pay your employees enough to buy your own shit. Right. If you could pay them enough to buy your own cars, meaning they'll buy other things, too. The economy will rise. That's when the boats rise. Yes. Did you want to say something?
2: No, yeah? because it's not on unions, but it, it it's to that point of we could create these jobs. We could revive the economy if we invested in creating jobs. If government did what government is supposed to do... As the
1: employer of last resort.
2: Of last resort, but to stimulate the economy. And it was this amazing graph of um, the last six years of Bush where the, the, the decline was down in terms of job loss. Obama gets elected. It still stays red for a little bit. And then the stimulus kicks in. And since then... The job creation, clearly not fast enough, but that was where that itty-bitty little stimulus kicked in Mm -hmm. to create jobs. So if we were to decide we really wanted to fix this and decided let's invest, let's just fix the bridges that are about to crumble. Let's fix the tunnels that are about to cave in, the highways that allow for commerce.
1: Right. We and, could create well,
2: jobs, make money. People could pay. People could buy. People could shop. And
1: we could do it with some of that exactly. inverted money that is now being right. Sent and overseas. we yes, okay. exactly.
2: We could do uh, it with taxing.
1: Actually, taxing corporations. Getting
2: corporations to pay some of the taxes that they... Well, to pay, pay the 25... To pay any tax. Any
1: taxes at all. Sorry. Because 25% of them don't exactly. pay. Well, anyway, right now, fortunately for us, some... Let's, w- we
2: should introduce okay, Robert. Okay, we're going
1: to introduce Robert, uh, because and then maybe after Robert, mm-hmm. we'll get to the... He'll inspire those of us to, to finally, um, you know, because, repeal the Taft-Hartley Act. Yeah, get because
2: back. The, the story of the... Um, 1182 is actually very interesting, from particularly from a women's rights perspective.
0: Robert Kessar, welcome to our show. Uh, well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. You, you were talking about the Taft-Hartley Act. Uh, interesting that you would talk about that. Uh, I had a good friend of mine, I won't mention his name, but he was involved. He, he's a teacher, and he was teaching graduate classes, and... Uh, He asked me to bring something that talked about organized labor for for his uh, students. So I took a piece of a debate that Michael Quill had Mm -hmm. with uh, Mr. Hartley. And it showed you, as you've alluded to, how powerful organized labor was. I think that was 1962. The (laughs) teachers weren't unionized yet. Mm -hmm. And And he told this man on national television, if you don't give us what we want, was shut down the whole country, and he said it with bass in his voice, right. and you could see <laughs> right. that Mr. Hartley was intimidated by that. Right, right. right. So, thank you for but having that,
1: me on the show. Yo, thank you for being here. So, you're a working man, right? This is a This is a, the, the. Let's just go back first of all to traffic enforcement agents in New York City. Uh, hard job, right? Because this is my. It's a hard job. You are walking rain, sleet, or snow you're out there walking and doing your job is enforcing the laws but but not only is it hard physically and you know not exactly overly remunerative in terms of you know it's uh, you know the consideration for the work but every every time you put something on someone's car someone's pissed off right
0: well first of all that's true but we also direct traffic and we keep that traffic moving we also represent sanitation enforcement we help keep the city clean okay so Those guys standing in the middle of the intersection, to some extent, have it worse than the guys that are writing tickets. they are big, giant trucks going past them all day long. They have to keep that traffic moving. They don't get to walk out. You know, when you're walking, you can make a stop every now and then. But when you're standing in the middle of the intersection, you can't leave. So it's a tough job all the way around it. It's a tough job for our sanitation enforcement agents also. So, and you're breathing and all that stuff. It, it, too, it, so. it, it is a tough job. Mm. Uh, back in the late 80s, uh, a, a woman by the name of Dr. Brindola, I hope I pronounced her name properly, for St. John's University. She did a test on agency. They went out with the heart monitors on, and she wrote a really great report. About the type of stress that these people go through, because she talked about the fact that even though you may not get assaulted, in the back of your mind, in your subconscious mind, every time you issue a ticket, there is the fear that there is going to be a reaction from sure. the public. So it is an extremely stressful right, job. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, think- nobody's ha- again. So even those of us that are
1: polite, everyone gets it. I mean, assuming you get back to your car and which probably happens with some regularity, at least in a busy city like New York, is that they may be still writing the ticket or still around the traffic enforcement agent when the person gets back to their vehicle. And no one says, thank you. Everyone feels, I mean, it's not uncommon, right, to hear some member of the public say, you wrote me a ticket, you prick. I was up there for five fucking minutes, right? That's it's not... a thankless job. A thankless it's a job. a
0: thankless job. Um, you know, in, uh, over the years, we have tried to get laws passed, very hard thing, because... When you talk about police officer, the people that assault, harass, menace, stalk police officers are more often than not criminals. Right. But the people that <laughs> right. do that to us, Our accountants. it's just, it's just, Jack. <laughs> right. You know, Jack had a bad yeah, yeah, yeah. day That's today, right. and then it's this, this prick of a traffic agent. And he just cost me a lot ticket, of money. Right. cost right. me a lot of money, you know, and I really can't afford it. I'm a working right. guy. Right. So those are the kind of guys that, that do these things to us. And, it is our goal. It's always been our goal. We have some legislation on the books. We have a law that says if you assault an agent in the third degree, the death assault will be considered a second-degree assault. Which means it goes from a misdemeanor to a felony. Well, that's correct. The problem is that we are very rarely assaulted Underneath the present state well, law that's good. of what happens to us. You push an agent, that's not necessarily assault. Right. You spit in an agent's face, that's not necessarily assault, though it is for a bus driver. Really? So the, the, these are things that we, we want to we, we have an effect on.
1: Hmm.
0: We want to be able to go to the legislature and say, listen, we want a law that says exactly what is assault. On a traffic agent, that if that agent is issuing a summons, if you stop them from issuing a summons, that it, it 's it's, it's more than what what they do now uh, that it will be assault underneath the state law. hard thing to happen, but it is a goal that we have
1: excellent now let, this is interesting. let just go back to a few years when did first of all, when did New York first decide? do you know that we needed a a uh, <clears throat> A band of agents, known as traffic enforcement agents, that are going to go around enforcing traffic, the vehicle of traffic law.
0: I'd say in the, in the early '60s, probably '59, '60. And at 61, the beginning, they
1: were they were almost exclusively female, right? They
0: were exclusively female. Okay. And if you look at the the uh, the memorandum of understanding that, that was written to our creation. Police officers said that it was a burden on them to do traffic work. That's literal. I'm taking that okay. literally from from, from the from the law. That that was the memorandum of understanding that it was a burden on police officers to do traffic work. So the city endeavored to put together the traffic enforcement agents. I think they were originally called parking enforcement or agents. Or meter also. maids. Well, well meter, no, we were never meter-made. No? Well, that, that was a colloquial. A meter-made
2: is something different? A
0: meter-made is something that you would say yeah. that would guarantee that you get a ticket.
1: <laughs> that was a uh, pejorative. Right.
0: If you call well, us a meter-made, bra- put M&Ms and in and your window, yeah. you were get a ticket. And brownies, too, right? Because that was another well, pejorative. Well, that was another thing. If you call us brownies, especially a bunch of black and Hispanic guys. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, because oh, of the uniform. Right.
2: right, 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 yes. Yeah,
0: but the br- uniform was brown.
1: But but I think what's really fascinating about what you Said is important is when the cops said this is a drudgery and it's a burden on us. Let's get some like chicks, to, like let's get some gals to do it. The low the low paid minorities, we'll put them in
2: underpaid. We'll yeah, put,
1: we'll put them in like brown uniforms that will inspire zero respect. Yes, correct. Right, they look like whatever they look like. I don't know what like you know, orderlies, and uh, let them go around and take all the abuse and do this stuff for us. Right, so for a while it started out the and again I remember being a kid because I'm you know I'm like those years old now. Yeah. I remember they were brownies in the 60s, or as you said, in the 70s, brownies. I thought that that was even, maybe you might have not gone by that, but that was sort of the colloquial term, right? We, we not, for
0: not with us. We, we hated that term. Well, when did you start? I started in 1985. So 1985. I, I, I was pretty close to the beginning. But you were still
1: wearing some, like, crummy-ass brown uniform, I
0: was wearing brown uniform, for okay. sure. Okay. <laughs> and why
1: this is important is because some of the things that you're going to talk about that you were instrumental in changing is that in terms of respect and, and, and the appearance of authority, I think, because the reason the reason cops, I, I dare Job say... Job protection. Well, well the body workers. protection. Yeah, I, body, I think that physical. the reason that, the reason cops don't get assaulted is that we look at a cop with his gun and his badge and his handcuffs, and you say even if I call him a prick that people feel free to do with with traffic enforcement agents, I might get, you know, cuffed for resisting arrest or being disorderly, right? There's a certain amount of authority. We were all sort of brought up to say he's still a a police officer. The traffic enforcement agents in their brown uniforms were just sort of like drecky, the lowest level on the food chain, right? Nobody noticed this. Under a garbage bin. You know, you didn't have anything. so, So there was a point where nowadays, if you look at a traffic enforcement agent, they kind of look... They're dressed a bit like a police officer in New York City. Is that
0: correct? You know, different color shirt, but they, they have the New York City Police Department patch. Okay. And we are part of the police department.
1: And why is that important that uh, you, you became part of the police well, department?
0: Well, you know, when we endeavored to get out of the police department, I was president of the union at that time. That was in 94 when we began to think about getting out of the Department of Transportation. Number one, the Department of Transportation is the engineering work unit. It, it didn't fit our workers. They, okay. they clearly did not understand how to deploy law enforcement personnel. So that was the issue that we had. Um, the police officers, because they, there was nothing to encourage them. They didn't like us. We gave them tickets. And there was nothing to encourage them to make arrests and that kind of thing when something happened to, to one of us. Okay. So... And moving to the police department, what, what we found, and, and we worked hard to do it, but we, we accomplished it in a fairly short amount of time. We went to the city council. We got the council to pass Local Law 58 of 1996. and In August of 1996, we came into the police department. And what that did immediately, it cut assaults in half. When we were in the Department of Transportation, One out of every three agents was assaulted... Unbelievable. ...every day. (laughs) Unbelievable. Assaulted, menaced, harassed... ...something. Every day. When we came into the police department, that number dropped in half immediately. The other immediate effect it had was that now the police officer, he's subject to in-house discipline if he doesn't do what he's supposed to when something happens to you. So that today... More often than not, though they may not be going to jail for a long time, but more often than not, a person who perpetrates a crime against a traffic agent is going to get arrested. Okay, They may get out the next morning, but they're going to get arrested. If, they, if they're a taxi cab driver, they're at risk of losing their, their, their taxi cab license. Okay. So there's an improvement, and that improvement came from being in the police department. Uh, aside from that, an improvement directly for the agents in terms of their finances. In the Department of Transportation, we got virtually no overtime. I I, I, I can't remember. Maybe every now and then we got overtime. We came into the police department. We then were subject to, what is it, 490-some-odd parades in the city of New York every year, Mm -hmm. uh, certain crime areas where we may not be directly there directing the traffic, but we will be, not far from there. If you go down the street now, as the, uh, the UN is going on, right. and you'll see cops directing traffic, and then on the next block you'll see traffic agents. And the further down you go, the further away you go, the more agents you see. So we, we are working in unison with the police officers, okay. and um, that was something that didn't happen. So in you Department sort of Chapter got on
1: the, their side of the thin blue line. Well, right? it,
0: it, 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 they make overtime. These the, the things, the, the baseball games, uh, the, 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 the tennis matches, all of those things, our, our, our agents work those things. And they make overtime, which allows them to make an extra dime. But as you alluded to, in our inception, we were all female. And I will say this, no knock on, on the city of New York today, but clearly, in the late 50s, early 60s, They paid females less than they paid men. So when they started this traffic department and they wanted to put us in a pay category, and again, this is not conjecture. I saw this in the Memorandum of Understanding in the creation of the department. One, the police officers didn't want to do that work. And two, they couldn't find a pay category for us. Well, it's a bunch of chicks. So, yeah, they're clerks. So they paid us as clerks. So... These are these are also things that we we would like to correct. It's a, it's an injustice mm-hmm. that, that that needs to be corrected. So you came on board 29 years ago. Yeah, 29 years ago. And you
1: were writing tickets, getting harassed, uh, like everybody else. Okay. And some point, when did you be first become involved with the union? Uh,
0: about 88, actually 87. Uh, when I when I finished probation and. What I saw was a, a, a union that really wasn't responsive to the members. Um, I, I remember one time in particular, uh, the agents weren't getting their uniform checks, and uh, so what to I, buy I, or
1: clean them. The
0: uniform checks—they they get a check uh, every year to 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 maintain and upkeep their uniform. So they didn't get their checks, and what I found was that the criteria that they had at 40 Worth Street, which is the management, was different than the criteria that they had in our district office. So I called the union, uh, and I said, listen, you know, there's a disparity. Well, they was having a party, and they they was like, listen, uh, Cesar, Casar, look, uh, we don't have time to deal with that. Uh, call, Call us another day. And I was like, that's absurd. These are your members that pay your salary and you mean to tell me you don't have time to deal with that? You come into my office. I see you walk through, but you never say hello to me or the other guys that I work with. You go right into the, the at, at that time they called them chiefs. You go right into the chief's office. And then when you leave, you walk past us. You never say a word. And I said, I don't think this is how unions are supposed to operate. Um, so I said, well, you know what? I like to be an office delegate. And I became an office delegate. And did
1: you was that an elected gig or what was
0: that? You know, the guys in my in my work location, um, they they elected me to that mm-hmm. not not as big an election as if you're running for the executive board, but the people in in you know the, the, the mm-hmm. district office mm-hmm. that I work, they elected me to be their delegate. And uh, I, I I you know during that period of time, as I look back on it, I was a really active guy. I stood up to management. I fought for our members. I got those guys their uniform checks, by the way. They came back the next day waving the checks at, at their managers. But we did other things, you know. As the office delegate, I, I created something called pre-termination hearings. They didn't do that anywhere. That somebody that you're getting ready to terminate, that we will sit down with, with the management and, and see if, if maybe we could find a way to keep that from happening. Mm-hmm. I did those things. I used to complain to the union. Do you guys write grievances? Is, isn't grievances like the foundation right. of our organization? <laughs> I don't see any grievances that you wrote about anything. So when the time became apparent, 1989, um, yeah, n- 1990, I ran for chief delegate. I thought that I could write grievances. Um, I learned from some people in CWA. And uh, I came in, and that was my goal, to organize the delegates into a cohesive unit that would go out, be responsive to the members, Mm -hmm. uh, give them credible answers. I I believed in credible answers. Don't just tell them anything. You know, whether they like it or they don't like it, give them the right answer to the question. That's what they're paying for. Mm -hmm. Um, Represent. Be there when they call you. Be responsive to the members. I'll do my end. I'll keep you organized, and I'll file those grievances and improper practices. And I filed a lot in those three years.
1: Because they were necessary to be filed because there were improper practices, right? There were a lot of
0: things going on, a a, a lot of issues, safety issues, which was my first horse that I rode on. And that's sitting in the office in the Bronx. It's a big rat comes running across the table. Is anybody going to do something about that? You have workers sitting here with rats running through the building. It's dangerous. Those rats have rabies and all kinds of things. I went to the all department. Right. The department said get out of here. <laughs> so, I went to the state labor board. I got them in trouble. I got them fined. They had to pay a fine and they had to clean up that that place. Eventually they moved from that place. And we did a lot of stuff like
1: that. And what were you at the time that you were doing this when they Chief said get out deputy. of here? chief delegate and where is that in the food chain?
0: I guess that that you have delegated large is at the bottom of the executive board chief delegate is the next one vice president the next one um, um, chief delegate vice president yeah then executive vice president then and the president
1: th- okay We're
0: so in my three years as chief delegate I wrote a lot of grievances I looked at the hierarchy of the union that we had at that time. And I said, they're not doing their jobs. I'm the only one writing grievances. The union president wasn't talking about that. We weren't organized as a group. We had no direction as a group. The union president didn't even want to speak at particular. We went to City Hall for something. She was supposed to give a speech. And she waited till the guy called. And then she nudged me and said, say, oh, get the speech. So. I, I, when the time came, I thought I that... So you fell that into
1: it through your... In other words, the president actually nudged you to make the speech when she didn't want she to, it sounds...
0: me to make a lot of speeches. Okay. Uh, but, you know, when the time came, the membership was unhappy with this person. Not because I made them unhappy. Right, right. Because they should have been unhappy. They weren't representing properly. I thought that I could do a better job, so I ran for president in 1993. I won in 1994... And as, as we said earlier, we, we, we moved to the police department pretty quickly. Uh, then we started fighting for that legislation.
1: Wh- which legislation? The assault legislation? The
0: assault legislation, which actually didn't pass until after I was gone from office. Um, it, it, well, it passed. I shouldn't say it didn't pass. It passed uh, in, 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 the, in the late 90s. What happened was I recruited the bus drivers onto that legislation. When it came close to coming to pass, that was Assemblyman Lentol, the legislation that second degree a third degree assault so would be considered second degree. That was legislation that we originally, Local 1182 championed. Lentol sponsored it. But what happened was the bus drivers then came to me and said, listen, you guys are the weak link. Could you step back? And Lentor said, yeah, listen, Robert, step back. Don't worry. Give it a couple of years. We'll, we'll, we'll add you on, an uptick. We'll add you on to the legislation, which they did. And um, we were in the bridge of doing that in 2005, but we were in the midst of fighting for uniform status. And so I told the lobbyists at that time, which was the Parkside group, uh, I said, listen, Let's let's hold off on, on this legislation. It's 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 in the bag. They're just gonna write us in. Let's finish this uniform force status thing. So I finished it, and the people said, "Okay, thanks a lot. Catch you later."
1: So so wait a minute. Let me just understand. So the uniform force thing was the was the activism that got you into the NYPD circle?
0: No, we were already in NYPD, but we were still civilians. It, it, it was my it was my I, feeling that 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 we weren't civilians. You're not civilians now. No, we're uniform now, like okay. police, okay. fire, sanitation, okay. Okay. and okay. correction. Okay. And and our job description, as you look at what we do, uh, it, it fit the uniform criteria. That bill passed forty nine to zero when Mr. Bloomberg uh, vetoed that bill. They overrode that veto, 49 to 0. When Mr. Bloomberg took it to the state court, the state court threw it out, said, no, these people have the right to this status. There were no arguments against the status. What was our billionaire
1: mayor's? Local law 56. No, no, what was his opposition?
0: I I can tell you directly. His opposition was that they did not have a right to pass laws that impacted bargaining. Clearly, he was wrong. He lost in every every tribunal that he went to. He lost. Well,
1: didn't have right to pass laws that would change the way bargaining is through the process that changes bargaining. Right, in a but Democratic- the reality
0: is, we, we we still have to bargain. Right. So the law itself doesn't change bargaining. Right, but it changes who we are, and and it says that the things that you you, you didn't give us that we have a right to ask for.
1: So let me ask you this, and again, maybe this is it's a learning curve for me and probably for our listeners. My understanding in this, at least in this big, giant municipality, is um, the most, the civilian unions, right, all sort of collectively bargain under the umbrella of D.C. The 37. Council, that's correct. Okay, but those are the civilians, right? So how does that then give you less juice or bargaining power when you were...
0: I, 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 I can tell you. The the citywide contract, which is what the district council negotiates, is an office worker contract for the most part. Well, we aren't office workers. There's so many things in that contract that don't fit us. How we occur our time police officers, firemen, sanitation men, correction officers they all accrue their time at one time to get 27 days the first of the year. Okay. They all have unlimited sick. Okay. Now, we have a job where we get injured. We're not office workers, we don't get paper cuts. People hit us upside the head, even you get steps. hit
2: by cars.
0: You we get on hit your by cars, Those things are obvious, but there are a lot of little things that happen. People get sick, you know, you are out there in the right, cold and right. the snow, you, yep. you get wet, you step off the edge of a corner, corner, you you, you turn Push your, your ankle. ankle. I mean, th- th- there right. are a myriad of things that right. happen to people like us. Yet and still, we don't have unlimited sick. We earn our time little by little. Still well, we, we, again, you know, we're hoping that we get to talk about that. Well, tell me what you're hoping to do now. So, what what have you?
1: You're president of the union for 21 years with some with some well, times. I, mean, I had right? a break
0: in there. So okay. I was president for what 12 years. Okay. Then I had a seven-year break. I don't know. I guess they got tired of my face or whatever. But um, but then they elected you again. Then they elected me again. Okay. Uh, so, but with this chunk of time in a leadership
1: position, including now, mm-hmm. just just tell us, because otherwise, again, I've just been talking today about the power of unions, and if you guys didn't have, and you were talking about it back in the day when nobody de- raised it, they didn't care for mm-hmm. whatever reason, nobody grieved anything, no one, they were passive, mm-hmm. and it probably showed in terms of the 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 uh, lack of accommodations or lack of a, or perquisites that you had so you had a fire in the belly for, for whatever reason right from the giddy app on this mm-hmm. to say sure. okay if i'm working here you know how can you rats running around we don't have and so you as the president you
2: elevated the the position that's right in that um because just as you're now repeating it, having rats running around, not being respected, not being treated well One out of three
1: assaulted Exactly. Brown All of uniform. that stuff
2: what you did was um elevate the roles of and the status of the, the game. The status and you know, let's face it. Everybody knows at the end of the month, cops write speeding tickets because they have budgets to meet. Mm. That of all the workers, how many are actually profit centers?
1: Mm. That's right. You're, and, you're writing tickets. You're a profit center, right? I'm yeah. saying 3, and, 000, and you three carry your weight budget. like ants, like little ants, right? I'm saying right. you guys.
2: And this is and, and that profit that is in a budget line. How much do you think we're going to collect this that's year? Correct. So but, 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 the uh, city. Well, it's
1: like the fast food industry not bothering to pay people a living wage while they rake it in. The city was looking at this profit center and still probably still to this day looks for ways to not uh, compensate right. optimally or adequately its its members. What I'm saying being you, if you didn't have a union and you didn't know how to use that union, your bully pulpit, which you know how to, mm. that's what you do, right? If you didn't have that bully pulpit where you, you know, optimally champion the cause of your rank and file members... You, they'd be making $9 an hour now or whatever, right? I mean, they'd be, uh, you, you, you fought for every single thing you have,
0: right? I, I would say that's true. Uh, but I also would say that, uh, you know, I, I was a tool because God runs these things, you know, not me. Um, I was in position, God inspired me to do the work that I did. Um, it still inspired me to try to change some of the inequities. We have a chance today to... Say to the city, there's some inequities here. Could could you fix it? Right. Uh, that status gives us the ability right. to make those. Amen, states.
1: brother. God is it the is it the wheel? But she chose you, yeah. bro. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I like that. So, so because
2: a strong union is a str- helps provide for a strong middle class.
1: Well, that's true. So, so what have you? What did you bring to the table? Let's just hear some of the specifics about what were you able to do in your many years. Because I assume for the whatever fifteen years or so that you're the when you when you are the president of this union, you're not out there still writing tickets, right? So, what do you do for these three thousand hardworking people?
0: that allows them to enjoy a better quality of life? Well, all, 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 all of the things that were mentioned, I mean, it's better for traffic agents today. People, as we said, police officers make arrests today. They get a lot of overtime today. Police it's, officers make arrests of people who mess with. Who you. mess with yes. traffic agents. Okay. We get a lot of overtime, which helps them to okay. augment their, their low salary. Okay. Um, Okay. I mean, there are a lot of things. When 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 I first got involved in the union, we, we we had no political agenda. We 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 didn't even have a press kit. I created that stuff. I created a press kit. I created a political agenda. Um, I think we've done very well over the last uh, uh, fourteen or fifteen years in in supporting candidates for office that have got elected. Uh, we have a lot of friends in high places. And I'd I'd like to think that uh, that will continue. Uh, They they respect us. They respect our agenda. They respect what we're about. Um, We're looking forward to Lori Boozer getting elected. We're looking forward to Leroy Comrie getting elected. Who are these people? Lori Boozer is running for the assembly in Brooklyn. Comrie for uh, Malcolm Smith's uh, spot in Queens. Yeah, Queens. Um, And How will that benefit? Well, because we, the legislation that we're looking for is going to come from the state uh, assembly. And what's the legislation you're looking for? Well, we're looking for legislation that says that if you do A, B, and C to a traffic agent, that would be considered an assault. So that's what we were talking about. You mentioned earlier
1: the—and let me just see if I remember this as a form of public defender. Assault in the third degree, which is a Class A misdemeanor, that's still correct. requires, though— Infliction of injury. In That's fact, correct. there are some weird cases where you could shoot a gun at someone That's and if it's sh- a, 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 a what do they call the shallow wound, you know, grazing. It's not, it's not 120.00 uh, assault in the third degree. So, as you said, you could be spat upon or That's cursed at or even like you know, you could be That's intimidated, correct. but it's not assault three. It's correct. But what you're saying is, if it does rise to the level of assault three once, because again, it, still-
0: it, it, it will be considered a second degree of assault. But what okay. we would like the law to say that if you inhibit a traffic agent from right. doing his or her job, that that's in the course assault. of that, that that would be assault underneath the New that, York state That That's the book.
2: threshold. Right. And that w- should, should be. deter more people or have them give it a second it, thought I, before they- I believe it the will.
0: you're saying bus it drivers- will stop assault. But, well, bus drivers, it, they
2: have big signs all over, spit on me and you're dead.
0: Well, but I mean, <laughs> what was the
1: distinction you made between
0: bus drivers, I don't know if it's different bus drivers- well, or Technically, the bus drivers are under that same law, mm. except they have they have something that says if you spit on them, that, 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 that that's a crime. Right. Um, we don't have that. You know, uh, we don't have that. People spit on bus drivers a lot. Really? Um, yeah. Um, what,
1: what, I mean, like, what for? <laughs> just, just, you missed my stop. I can't answer
0: for? that question. I just know that that, that ah. was something high on their list. I remember dealing with them. Uh, Willie James was president at that time. Okay. And uh, George McDonald, uh, who went on to the National Union, I think he's probably retired now, Um, He was my mentor. He was the safety guy for the Transport Workers Union. So I had a very strong relationship with them. He taught me a lot about safety, worker safety. And as I said, when when we were vying for that legislation originally, we recruited the bus drivers onto that bill. Actually, we recruited the bus drivers and the, the legal aid uh, guy, that was Michael Litwin, I think his name. We recruited both of them onto that legislation. I think that they both got it and they pushed us off. But after I left, then they wrote us in. Okay. So, uh, but, I mean, personally, any law is good, anything that will have an effect, but it wasn't the goal. It was never the goal. The goal was a specific law to say specifically what's going to happen when you push that traffic agent. So again, I just want to understand: Is
1: it still different now from pushing or spitting on a traffic agent and pushing or spitting on a bus driver in New York City? Is it different? In- yes.
0: Well, I, I don't know if it's different in terms of uh, it's different in terms of spitting on a bus driver. The bus drivers have a a a law that says spitting on them will be considered an assault. Okay. We don't have. But you're that. pushing for that. But the pushing thing is the same as us. You okay. have to assault them. In, in the third degree, and then it would be considered a second degree of soil. Okay.
1: And how is it, what's it like these days in terms of actual numbers of your membership getting in any way the harassed, the spit on? It's these? not
0: one out of three, but it, it's still higher than, than we would like. Really? Uh, I mean, these guys work really hard. Yep. Um... I mean, you know, people do all kinds of crazy things The traffic trafficking. They sick their dogs on traffic agent. I had that happen to an agent. As you you, you should be familiar, just uh, last week it uh, was parked, a van was parked in the Bronx. Somebody was shooting BB guns at them, shot the windows out of that vehicle. Uh, my thing is, what happens the next time when it's a, a real gun? Right. Thank God nobody was injured. And they're not, right, you could say you're no
1: longer civilians uh, because you're uniform, but you're not armed right no so you're not peace officers no you can't make an arrest so you have to no. get on your your point-to-point walkie-talkie if there's something happens and call for backup right or whatever
0: yeah, that's true though I, I would like to see us with special patrolman status i think that we're out there right Yeah, I you should
2: have some sort of something. taser or <laughs> mace or some
1: well what would a special patrolman status uh, provide
0: well, it, it it would allow an agent to make an arrest if somebody did something directly to that agent. that agent could make that arrest. I see. And um, that's something that oh,
1: we could use. Who who has that? Being, I, mean, I don't know. Who, what is a spe- who else school has safety
0: it? has it?
1: School safety is the most patrol. prominent ones that have okay. it, but there
0: are other people that have it also.
1: Okay. And is the distinction the school safety officer also is not armed, right?
0: Well, they're not armed, but they, they, they arrest people. So, they have, they they have, arrest have kids that are Yes, they okay. arrest kids in school that right. are not nice. And they're also under the New York Police Department's... They are in uh, the police department. The school safety officers, uh, there were a few other work units. When our bill, our uniform bill, when it became apparent that it was going to pass, they all jumped on our back. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. I'm not, I'm not angry about that. But if you look at the uh, original legislation, if you look at it when it was an intro, you will see that I'm the only one that testified because the bill was about traffic in its inception. Then once it got close to being passed, uh, Gifford Miller, who was the Speaker of the House at that time, said, Robert, listen, these other guys, they're going to come along. At first, I was a little unhappy about that. But he explained, to listen, you want the legislation. Don't right. worry about those other guys. Let them ride on you. You did the work, don't right. worry about it. Right. You're going to get it. And that's what happened.
2: What are any special requirements that sanitation
0: needs? When you say special requirements, what do you mean?
2: Well, you know, what are the, the needs of a sanitation worker besides, well, you know. Sanitation
0: exactly. enforcement. That's yeah, what well,
2: that's what I mean. On the sanitation side of the union,
0: uh, I, I, need, I need to be a nice guy on on the program. Sanita- well, this is cable radio. You could say what you yeah, want. The sanitation is a horse of a different color. Right. They they treat their workers like crap. Uh, I mean, you know, they refuse to work with us. They, they don't want to release my delegates to do simple stuff. You know, um, but right now we, we, we're 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 getting ready to bargain. I, I, I got a guy from sanitation that I'm going to train to go around to the different sanitation depots, and the, 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 their management is reluctant to let him go. They they never let us talk to them at the beginning of the tour. They want us to talk to them at the end of their tour. Um, of which, too tired to listen. Listening. Nobody's <laughs> listening to you at the end of their tour. Right, that's absurd. Um, it's it's just impossible to deal with these guys. Just impossible. They, they have a place the sandmen are able to park. Sandmen?
1: Co- who are the sandmen?
0: Regular man? sanitation uniform. Oh, uh, good uniform too. Okay. The regular sandmen. They take a car. They block that yard off so that my guys can't go in there and park. I mean, it's just they they, they it's just one thing after. So wait a minute.
1: Who are your guys? I'm just trying to understand. Yeah. I don't think, who are your guys in the sanitation they, side? They
0: have on blue uniform. What are they doing? They issue tickets. So, like garbage, stuff like, like that? They issue tickets. Okay. And mainly to businesses that don't put their garbage out properly. Um, okay. They don't put their stuff in the right bag. And bags. they're
1: under your auspices, basically? Right. We represent them. And they're not under sanitation?
0: Well, they're, they're in sanitation. They work for sanitation. But they're your members. But they're my members. So, they're under it's PD. About they're of them. under
1: PD. No?
0: no, they're in sanitation. Oh, okay.
1: There's a. You okay. understand?
0: That's why they, they okay. put them in a separate
1: bargaining unit from us. Okay. Uh, but, but So you don't bargain for their
0: rights and privileges? We bargain for their rights. Do. We bargain for their privileges. And remember, this is the first time we bargain. All these years, the district council has been bargaining for us. This is the first time now? This is the very first when, time. So when, did, I wasn't clear. When did this happen? This was because of your we efforts? passed it. We passed the law in May of 2005. Mr. Bloomberg. Did everything in his power to keep us from having it. We know it was Bloomberg because January 2nd, that's the day after he left, all of a sudden the OCB made a decision about our members. The Office of Collective Bargaining. Right. And that was, wait, wait, it took nine years to get this implemented? Correct. Because what he did was he took us all and put us in one bargaining unit. The union said, wait, wait, hold it. We don't all want to be in the same bargain. He knew what he was doing. Mr. Bloomberg was a smart man. He knew what he was doing. He knew that the unions would push back if he put us all in a bargaining unit. So when he filed the case, of course, the case went to the Office of Collective Bargaining. Then he used his power with the Office of Collective Bargaining to get them to hold that case until he was gone.
1: Wow. Wow. So he's just been... He's just been holding the ball, okay. So this whole thing—he's been this delay of play for all these years now. He did, just didn't. So get, now, so De Blasio came in and just sort of like released this, and so this is now when you first. So right. doesn't does this mean then what it sounds like to me is you have that much more leverage, that much more juice, that much more power at the negotiating table.
0: We we Be, we, we negotiate. I represent the ones and twos, and the sanitation enforcement agents. The district council represents the threes and fours. What's the ones and twos? The, the ones that write tickets and direct traffic. Okay. The threes and fours are towing and traffic intelligence unit.
1: The OCB, traffic intelligence unit? Is that like the ones who are at the George Washington Bridge saying that they're doing a traffic study
0: they, for they, Chris they do a lot of different things. Okay. They, 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 you see the trucks on the highway that say help. Not really. Those, those are level fours. Okay. Um, the people that write tickets on construction sites, those are level fours. They're 1182 people, though. New no York? level fours, threes, oh. and fours in DC thirty-seven, local nine eighty-three. Okay, um, but the OCB put us all in one bargaining unit. But now where are you? Uh, and now yeah, we're in one bargaining unit. The ones, twos, threes, threes, fours. We got about twenty-five PCSs in the teamsters and the supervisors. We are one big happy family. About four thousand of us all together. So what's the good news in that now in terms of your? Well, we're stronger. I mean, we're not. We're not as big as the district council or, or but, the teachers. But I thought or, the district con- council sort of hamstrung you because you were then
1: just like clerks, office workers, and now you're you're kind of with the uniforms. We're, we're free
0: from them. We're free from them, and this is the first time. So, you know, this is the first time that we go into bargaining as as a separate entity that we get to bargain some of the day to so day. What are you moves. looking
1: for? What's the what's the what's the bucket list or whatever? Uh, there's, there's
0: a lot of things. On well, the give me the top five. Top three. Well, top one is parody with the PCS workers. They make considerably more money than we do. PCS? Make. PCS, Parking Control Specialists. Uh, the unit is Parking Control Unit, PCU. Well, who are these people? Uh, they were a group that was started by Commissioner Horosheno back when we were in the Department of Transportation. When we came over to the police department, the Teamsters, at that time, Nick Mancuso was the spokesman for them. He testified he didn't want to come to the police department with us. So they let them stay in DOT. What's the
1: difference between them and you? What do they do that you guys don't do?
0: Well, they, their specs say that they were supposed to make arrests of parking meter vandals, oh. and they were supposed to make minor repairs on parking meters. Okay. Uh, but they don't do either one of those things. <laughs> so they now they put them, they, they went to the city council, fought for legislation, got put back in the police department, but they're basically doing the same work that my guys do. Okay, they're writing tickets and directing. So parity with them, meaning you want to, you want to raise, same, you want the same amount of money that they make. But now you've got you've got an argument that you didn't have before we, we, because it's an argument that we had before, but it's an argument we couldn't make before, oh. right? Because the district did was have our margins. Is that a big deal? It's a real big deal. Okay, well, I, I, a, I, you know, okay. I, I know I sound really calm about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I, I tell you, on the inside, I'm shouting every day. I can't now, wait to get your into that your membership. Here's
1: my question: did You three thousand members? Because I don't know how it works. You know, but do they? You know, I don't know. Do they know this? Are they excited too? Are they like, or are they? Do they? Are they involved? I,
0: I, I think. I, I think you know, as you know, Jack. You know, labor unions. People are not necessarily focused on that kind of thing. Well, they're, they're more focused on their personal lives and, and you know, wow. what they're going to get. Correlation. It's not, it's, this is not the 50s and 60s where organized labor got a rise, where organized labor got front page. Well, that's what we're news. talking about it
1: should be because how much, first of all, right. just, just give me, just, you don't have to be specific, but what kind of a bump are we talking about with parity, that these guys should wake up and smell the coffee?
0: I, I mean, Close to $5,000. Okay, real real it's a big money. Big deal yeah, in the city yeah, yeah, right, of New York. Yeah, right. I mean, a city that usually your raises are not more than $20 a exactly. paycheck. That's a big, so, yeah, it's a big bump. Okay. But again, this is this new world that we're living in. You know, organized labor doesn't get that kind of, that kind of focus right. that they got when I was a kid. Right.
2: But that's what. I feel is changing now with the Walmart workers who are organizing, the fast food workers that are organizing. It's it's beginning to spread yeah, and a reawakening, if you will, uh, the power of collective bargaining sure. and workers' rights, um, which is why it's easier to bargain when the economy is good because, you know. Employers have to compete more to get. Mm. That's how. That's why strong unions help all workers because if the unions unions are offering good pay, paid vacation, sick days, whatever the benefits may be, you know, private uh, industry has to compete to get those workers. Otherwise, well, you know. We're up so the therefore, that's force. where we all. That's how we all got.
0: I mean, the problems that we have today, you you know, the reality is technology has has caused some of this dip in organized labor. Um, You know, the the unions are, I mean, half of the country are right-to-work states. Right-to-work for uh, less
1: states. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know it's 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 kind of a sad thing you know a guy like me who studied organized labor who looked up to guys like walter Ruther from the the auto workers mm-hmm. you know and the things that they did you know yeah I, I i used to dream that that you know i could be part of that you know they they busted out the windows in 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 in, in, the, in the uh all the factories and i looked up to that and and they went out and it was a great picture of him the, the, with blood running down the side of his face as he as he fought the the, the bosses and that kind of thing, <sighs> you know, I, I I idolized that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, well, I miss that kind of fervor. What do you in miss? You're doing that. How
1: aren't you? But how, so you're saying this is what? I guess what I'm asking. You're in the. You're doing it. Okay. I mean, I don't. It may be ripped smaller, and maybe nobody's paying attention. There's no Eugene Debs or. I don't know what—we're not—nobody's paying attention, partly because of all the money that's being thrown to divert us, mm. you know, since Citizens United and all the, the corruption that's going on. But why, why can't you still stir up this fever pitch and have this fervor in your own little world with this when it's so important— to you and your membership, plus you're a beacon to others who
0: might follow. I mean, you are an activist, right? You are a labor I, activist. I, I'm an activist. I like to think that our union is different than a lot of unions. We actually represent people. I mean, I answer my phone, twice. in fact, I don't even have my phone off. And let me turn it off because somebody's <laughs> That's, right. That's okay. Left. We have one Listen,
2: minute let left. Let me ask you
1: something, uh, Robert. We have, we have one minute left. Is there anyone, if any of our listeners were so inclined, and I always ask this, because you're talking about a push in legislation, out there, is this city, state? talking about legislators, anybody anybody could call their legislator just to say you know what um, you know th- th- is there a legislator that someone could call their person to say their assembly person you should vote for x y and z or no
0: well, i mean frankly you know we we are searching for a sponsor of such a bill and uh you know if somebody's listening to this program and and they think that it, it's a good thing for our agents i know people don't like us but remember we don't just give our tickets you know, we help you get through that intersection when, when traffic is tough. We pull that traffic right. through. We get that ambulance to you when right. you need that ambulance. That's it's right. us that pull that ambulance That's through. Right. So right. maybe if there's somebody out there that, you know, would think of that, they could call their legislator. Um, I, I know I, I won't mention any names, but we're waiting for some people to get elected. We have a lot of friends in the assembly.
1: In the state assembly? State we're talking about well, the city council, the state.
0: The, the state assembly. We have friends in the city council, too. Okay. I mean... Uh, We work those things, Uh, again, not to take you on a trip because your time is short but let me tell you when I started in this
1: business well me, our time is actually over so they're playing our, our music now so let me is there any there isn't any is there, there's no, is there a website that anybody could look at and they want to find out more about 1182 well, well, we'll find well, out well, more two about you website. 1182 it's they C- just C- google CWA 1182 local C- 1182 a- Robert website. Robert Cassar Robert as Bob Cesar thanks Bob for being Cesar. with us everyone Thank we you. appreciate you being here with us maybe we come back at some point when you accomplish some of these things and talk about that bucket list what you've gotten for your membership uh, and for the people of the city. Because I think that they may not like you, but this is a job that has to be done. You're doing it. And if you're doing it, you might as well do it in a way that takes care of the people that are doing it. Because they are just us, right? They are, our, you know, citizens of the city. From Deborah and Jack Tuckner, Women's Rights in the Workplace Activist, we really appreciate you joining us today in our uh, discussion with Robert Kassar. Join us here next week at 5 p.m. on PRN.FM. Until then... Have a strong and powerful week. And remember, don't quit.